Welcome to the Potter's Hour with Prophet Nanaseo Pukwisakwadiye, the senior pastor of the Well Prayer Center. Prophet Nase is passionate about God's people living a victorious life through faith, holiness, prayer, and fasting. And now, today's message. One of the things fasting does is to kill unbelief. If there is anything you are trusting God for that you claim, let me go to the people here because these people are shaking their face. You claim you have done everything. It's one of the common statements in your generation. Like that, what else will I do? I have fasted, I have prayed, I have given, I have paid my tithe. Wow. The reason you are saying that is that you felt that your faith has come to the level to cause the manifestation. True, you are correct. Your faith is that level, but there is a barrier. Because when you get to the flower border, and even you are able to walk through the Ghana border, you still need a Togo to open the border. If Togo doesn't open their barrier, you cannot cross. So you cross, you manage to cross the place of faith because you can tell by your confession and the word. But there is a barrier called unbelief. It is not from the Lord, it's from the enemy. Amen. So let me take you back to a little story. I'll give you some PowerPoint shortly and there we go. There was a time Jesus took three, three disciples to the mountain to pray. That is where we got the story of the transfiguration. Now, when he took them there, he, he left nine disciples behind. The three were Peter, James, and John. The rest, you know, if you don't know, don't know. But I want to remind you that Judas was part of it. And Thomas was part of it. Bartholomew was part of it. They were there, nine. Now, this is the man's probably logic mindset. That the way this man is casting out devil, he might have trained his disciples to do the same thing. Before then, to probably the man has said that he sent them two by two. And when they went, they came back and said, The demons are subject to us in your name. So he brought his disciples to the, he brought his son who was kind of, kind of. The King James used the word. I'm, I'm talking about Matthew chapter 17. I'm probably trying to read from verse number 10, verse number 15 down there. But it's a long story. When you go home, they, so um, the King James used the word lunatic. The lunatic can be like, what commonly you call epilepsy so because he said oftentimes when it happens it, it, the guy the boy can fall into the fire it means that whatever is available once it comes he fall into it and the man came to jesus and said i brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him put that one i brought him so verse number 16 I, i'm already reading from 10 i've come to 16 I brought him to the disciples and they could not kill him. Jesus started using strong words. In fact, this is one of the times he used very strong words. And it was directed towards the disciples. It was directed towards the apostles. So now, it is directed towards me and you. It's the same thing. We are all the disciples of Jesus Christ. If you are not able to cast out the demon. So Jesus answered and said, number one, he said, you are faithless. He turned to the disciples and said, you are faithless. No one use the word perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Come back to the New Living Translation, modern English. Let's break it down. Jesus replied, You faithless and corrupt people. This one is not correcting bribe, it's spiritual corruptness. This is not a physical one, this is a spiritual corruptness. None of the disciples are taking bribe. One day I'll break down and tell you why Jesus used that word. When you check the Greek word, for that corruption, it's me. 
means refusing to develop your faith. Because hear this before you clap. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And when you are in sin, you are in corruption. So Jesus said, corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put you up with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Change and come back to King James. Heaven becomes a concern when you are faithless. Because when you become faithless, God can't do anything for you. Once you become faithless, it becomes difficult for God to give you a miracle. Because the heavy requirement to receive from God is by faith. I don't care what you think. Your, your tears don't move God. If it's not mixed by faith. You have the right to cry. But make sure you are crying in faith. Hear this. Your murmuring don't move God. Israel murmured and they couldn't enter the promised land. Your weeping don't move God. Complaints don't move God. It is faith that attracts his attention. Why do I say that? Because without faith, it is impossible. It doesn't matter which church you attend. It doesn't matter who is your pastor. It doesn't matter who is your bishop. The Bible says without faith, it becomes impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to move God to act. Without faith. So it's a major requirement. The greater your faith, the greater the exploit. When Jesus came on earth, he, he didn't describe people of the same level of faith. One day, she was, we was, he was, he was, he was going, he's going to explain something. He's going to put them in a classification of one, one side of the faith. How long will I be with you? How long shall I bring the boy to me? Now watch it. Keep on going. Keep on going. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed from him. He departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Now, so you notice that the reason the demon didn't go is that the demon says they are faithless. Jesus gave the antidote straight. He said, it's not because you didn't issue the command. But the devil watched your spirit and realized that you are commanding it to come out. But he has also seen that you don't believe what you are saying. I can close with this. Now, so Jesus told them that he rebuked the disciple. That it means that if Jesus rebuked the disciple and the child was cured from that very hour. When we say hour, it doesn't mean it's one hour. Come to the, come to the modern English, New Living Translation. Watch this. Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, the demon in the boy, and it left him from that moment the boy was where. So instantly, whatever has troubled the boy, the reason behind that thing was a demon. That means that epilepsy can be motivated by the devil. There are sicknesses in bodies of people. If you don't deal with the spirit, it will be difficult for the person to be healed. Because if a demon is responsible for that attack, then paracetamol can get rid of it. I'm teaching already. So you remember in the book of Luke, there was a woman who was bowed down for 18 years. All the 18 years, a demon was responsible. One day, Jesus, Jesus encountered the woman and he told them that, woman, this thing that you are having, that doctors are calling it spinal sclerosis or multiple curvature, what something, is a demon. So he, the Bible says he commanded the spirit and he lay hands. And the woman was straightened up. The, the leader of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the synagogue was angry because Jesus was healing the Sabbath. Go home and go and check it. And Jesus said, hey, shut up. Ought not this woman be the daughter of Abraham? Oh. Daughter of Abraham. So the qualification for the deliverance is that he's a daughter of Abraham. You are a son of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
you oh I, 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 let me get out of that i don't ready for revival are you getting it i just want to push this into your spirit so if the woman received deliverance at that lower level the bible said we are in a better covenant it seems that there was a covenant but ours is better it's not god that's not giving you a miracle you are not ready to pay the price for it Jesus look at him and say, rebuke the demon. The demon left. Come back to King James, my dear. And then let's keep going. Watch this. And Jesus rebuked the demon and he left the boy. And the Jesus rebuked the, and departed from him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Are you following me? Give me a few minutes. And he came. And the disciples, but they became concerned because after that, they realized that they are failing in ministry. If they said, this is the way you are going to continue, we better go back to fishing. Because we are fair. Unfortunately, this generation, most of us don't recognize our failure. And even when we sense we are fair, we don't ask questions. Because a student that asks questions, a student that extracts more from the lecturer. Because you can ask a question and the lecturer will say things that he didn't say on the normal lecturer. Because questions extract things that are in the secret of people's heart. So the then came the disciple to Jesus apart, privately apart, and said, why couldn't we cast him out? So they were concerned. We use all the methods you show us. We command the demon to come out. We squeeze the boy's head. We twisted his hand. We, 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 we spit on him. Why couldn't we cast him out? And interesting, Jesus didn't say go to hell and get away from here. Even though he dealt with them, I'm sure he was glad that he asked questions. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you number one. The first reasons are because you of your own belief. So the first reason why you couldn't cast him out or the demon didn't respond is that when you say come out, the demon sends unbelief. Because of your unbelief. So he explained how to deal with unbelief. For very I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove them to the yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible. Who? So Jesus is dealing, stay there. Jesus is dealing with unbelief. What is he dealing with? unbelief jesus is dealing with what unbelief that means that even in exercising authority over the devil you need to get rid of unbelief yes, <laughs> those of you who are not clapping i'm waiting for you to clap for jesus and i'll continue now listen standing here with a nice lipstick and a nice wig that's not me you believe you can even look like you believe you can appear like you believe. You can even present yourself as if you believe. But we only know it when we come to the practical side. This is a practical aspect of the ministry. A demon is now with you face to face. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Immediately give the, give the antidote for unbelief. He said, faith comes by hearing. That one you know. But how do you deal with unbelief? If you want faith, God didn't only leave you there and say, get faith to get a miracle. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe. And he said that faith is a substance of things you hope for. I'm reading Hebrews chapter 11. I'm, I'm reading verse 1. I just read verse 6. And he said that faith is a substance of things you hope for. It's evidence of things you don't see. Come on here. Thank God for that. But how do I deal with unbelief? There's another thing I'll tell you in the course of the week. Can I have faith and unbelief at the same time? Can I have faith and unbelief at the same time? Can I have faith and unbelief at the same time? 
It's very interesting. Now let me show you something in the spirit realm. The spirit realm has two platforms. Let's say this is a platform. This chair is a platform. Eh? And this chair is another platform. This platform is called the platform of faith. This, chair, this one is called the platform of unbelief. When you move from here, you are here. In the realm of the spirit, there's no neutral ground. So there's nothing like our face someone who believe is wrong. You either believe or you don't. Now there's another thing. Watch this. You can have faith for healing, but you don't have faith for financial breakthrough. Because the games are different rules. Unfortunately, in the kingdom, people try to use basketball rules to play volley. So watch this. Some of you, eh, when it comes to financial breakthrough, you can release your faith. But you don't know how to release your faith for healing. There are some of you too. You have, oh, there's another thing. This one is another, that, that one will blow your mind. Do you know that you can have a giving faith and not have receiving faith? You give, but when you are in need, you go and borrow. They are totally different. It's not enough to have giving faith. We are sharing with you. Are camp. We are, you supported. You are supporting everything, but you have not developed your faith how to receive from God. This one, this one, is an unbelief in their heart about how to deal with the demonic spirit. Jesus answered, "Because of your unbelief, that is why the demon couldn't go." How do I deal with unbelief? Then he gave the answer in verse twenty-one. Jesus said, "How be it?" This kind of unbelief, this kind of unbelief, does not go. This kind, it's not the kind of, it's not the kind of demon, because Jesus said they didn't fast to cast it. Now I also show something. I'm going to show you something. Jesus has faith, and is now giving a solution to unbelief. What is he saying? He said this kind of unbelief does not go. But by what? Hmm. Everybody say prayer and fasting. <laughs> uh, everybody say prayer and fasting. Prayer. Immediately, you have to come back and make sure that logically you analyze this thing. Now, you cannot give what you don't have. So, immediately, he said that I went back to check their history. So, I put Jesus in a class here and I put the disciples there and I checked their history. The man that is saying this kind does no go has he fasted? The people that couldn't catch the demon have they fasted? So you remember that in Mark chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, he started his ministry with 40 days and 40 nights. So he dealt with unbelief before he started. Ah, watch this. I don't really understand what you are talking about. What don't you understand? Okay, Jesus, he did the fasting once. Why is it that you want us to do it every time? And we do it this, and we do it that, we do that. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years old. He did the fasting when he was 30 years old. And the fasting sustained him for three years, and he left. You are now going to be 80. So deductive and... Oh man, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Today, I will kill all your argument about fasting. That means that 40 days and 49 fasting maximum can sustain you for three days. Three years. Three, maximum. That is what Jesus said. 
Maximum three years is expired. You must go and renew it. You have to go and renew it. That is what it is. It's there in the Bible. 30 days. We never saw him fasted. We never have a record of fasting. She went to the temple. When he was around 12 years, he challenged the doctors of the law. They were surprised about his understanding about the scriptures. We didn't hear of him again until he was 30. So from 12 to 30 was 18 years preparation. On the way. But then he needed to deal with unbelief. The reason you have to deal with unbelief is that one day when the boat is gone, you must walk on water. When the boat, you come and the boat has left, you must walk on water or you die at the other side of the desert. Because you cannot swim on that 400 something mass distance. But the first thing he did that you want to do it once and stop. It was for three years. And he lived for 33. And you are going to live for 90. So let's calculate 90 from 30. Three, 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 three years. And let's find how many fasting you have to do. If you are not clapping, you are confused. It's very simple. It's there. So I know your problem. That you did some fasting 100 years, 100 days. And the 100 days, you were doing it 6 to 6. Let me give you Jesus' fasting background. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 from verse number 1. Watch this. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Wow. Led by the Spirit. Watch this. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when it was ended, Matthew chapter 4. Let me read the one in Matthew chapter 4. I like that one. Hallelujah. And Jesus was led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Watch this. You have to go and defend your ministry. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. Wow. So he started. Hunger departed. And 40 days hunger returned. If you are in this family, you should know a lot of the techniques about fasting. First three to five, seven days, weakness leave you. Seven to fourteen days, hunger leave you. And hunger will return between 35 to 40 days. Depends on your stature. That's what happened today. Now listen, this is the most scientific verse in the new testament nothing in the bible is scientific except this one nothing about god is scientific except this one this scripture is the most the only scientific statement about god now watch this when jesus was walking on the earth she was 100 percent gone 100 percent gone and number two i've seen a lot of ignorant pastors and theologians who doesn't want to fast says jesus fasted because he was god that is why I begin to do the research and I find out that God does not get hungry. So if he became hungry, then he became hungry as a man. That is why I say it's totally scientific. There is no supernatural about this one. No man hunger. God, if Jesus fasted as a God, he can fast for one million years. Because there is no way in the Bible you heard God was eating. So there's a reason for your unbelief. You try to push it, it's not starting. 
you are trying to push articulator to start. It's not working because there is an unbelief. And Jesus said, this kind of unbelief, it can only go by fasting and prayer. Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 21. Matthew chapter 17 verse 21. This kind of unbelief, it cannot go except by what? Prayer and fasting. So the moment you start the fasting and you are not eating, you are killing unbelief. Now hear this. You may not see it with your eyes. You might even feel the opposite. It does not mean nothing is happening. Because the rewards of fasting comes after the fast. Not whilst you are fasting. Every time God is going to reward you in fasting, he waited for you to finish. That is why in fasting, you tell God when you are ending before you start so that he can package your trial. No, watch this. So, some of you that may try, maybe I may do no, it's not fasting. Tell God I'm ending here. Uh-huh. So, you know, they say they, say they are doing 120 hours. Satan will go, he said, Lord, I'm coming to the court of heaven. I need permission to go and test them. He said, go, it's just five days. He said, demontre. Because it's five days, pump a lot of hunger into them. If I want to wake up in the morning, make sure that you are punching their stomach. Make sure their stomach is making cru, 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 cru. So that they can eat. If they break, if you break a fast, the only person that rejoices is the devil. It's the fastest way to tear his kingdom down. That's it. Amen. Benefit of fasting, merit. When I fast, what do I get? One comma. Well, let me give you one. Come on, time is almost up. Watch this. One of the be- reason why we fast is that everybody must live in divine health. Health is more important than healing. I keep telling you. If you want healing, it means that you are sick. You have to be sick to need healing. Are we together or you have gone home right now? If you don't fall sick at all, you are in divine health. How many of you have never gone to hospital the whole, this, the whole year? You have not been admitted at the hospital. Even if you are admitted, it means that you overate. <laughs> Overeating is the cause of a lot. Wave your hands and let me see. Now watch this. Now that means you are in divine health. Now look at God's definition. Look at God's definition. I wish above all things that thou mayest take John 3, thou mayest prosper and be in health. Everybody say health. Even as your soul prospers. Now when you get sick, God doesn't only restore healing, he restores health. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse number 17. Put it on the screen. Let me show them. Everybody say, restore health. Let's all read it. Look at what God, I, for I will restore what? Health unto you. And after that, I will heal you of all your wounds. Say yes, the Lord. So God is in the business of restoring your health. And he prophetically declared that I will restore health unto you. And I will heal you of all your wounds. What does fasting do in connection with my health? Isaiah chapter 58 verse 8. Put it down. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 8. You can give me the new international version. Watch it. So, Isaiah chapter 58 talks about right and wrong fasting. And then from verse number 7, he started giving us the benefit of when somebody is fasting. He said, when you fast, your light will break forth like a dawn. So, no matter how you find yourself in darkness, a certain amount of light will come. And one light come, darkness must disappear. 
Oh, let me go to the people and try whether they will receive it. I said that when you start fasting, there is an amount of light you generate because in him was life and the life was the light of man. Am I teaching this morning? And the light shined in darkness. So when you see darkness, what you should bring out is light. Oh, I said what you bring out is what? What you bring out is what? That is why Jesus said you are the light of the world. So hear this. The reason God has not destroyed the earth now with all your kind of things that Mikey want to marry uh, Martin. And Susanna want to marry Rebecca. And they are still marrying. The reason why you are doing that, because watch this. What we are playing games with in our generation and trying to politically try to make it legal and people playing games. When God got angry in a certain generation, he didn't rain water, he rained fire. So you, if you have not seen it done before, don't play with it. The kind of things you people are trying to celebrate and you want to use it polit- politically and they're trying to bring it to schools. In Sodom and Gomorrah, they were not in the school curriculum. And God rain fire. It means that instead of rain, what was coming from heaven was fire. So you are burned before you die. You are cooking and you forget to use a napkin. And you touch the silver and shoo up. Now don't say question. Can you imagine fire coming from heaven? What fire service will quench it? This is your fire service that they don't have water in their cars. I didn't know that all of you are fire service agents. That's why you are looking at me because nobody even clapped for you. Now watch this. God rain fire and brought it down and destroyed that generation. The Bible said your light will break forth as the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Now come to verse number 6 to understand what I'm talking about. You have to go to verse 6. God said this is the kind of fasting I have chosen. So he's talking about God's chosen fast. And he said when you do that fast, you lose the chains of injustice and untie the cause of the yoke. I don't have time. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. So when you start fasting, no matter the oppression, you will get to the place of freedom. Sickness is an oppression. Poverty is an oppression. Strife is an oppression. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The Bible said that when you start fasting, one of the benefits is that you set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Then he jumped to verse number seven and he continued to give us the benefit and said that it, it is not to share your food with the hungry. That means that one of the things you have to do as a fasting candidate is to become a philanthropist. All the money you store, when you are fasting, you must give it to the kingdom and advance the cause of the kingdom. And the kingdom will distribute to other people that are in need. Watch this. It's not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wandering with shelter. When you see the naked shoe, you clothe them. And not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. You don't turn away from your own flesh and blood because in the kingdom, eh, because of the blood of Jesus, God sees us as a family. Ephesians. I bow my knees to Ephesians chapter 3 unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. Paul wrote it. I don't want to go back and divert. The whole family. So God has a family in heaven and he has a family on earth. The family of God on earth in Portus is this. Mm-hmm. And in that family, 
God call your brother sitting by your side your own flesh and blood. So listen, it is abnormal for you to see somebody wearing the same dress for three continuous weeks and you have more and you don't give him one. Zamatika, all of you on the road, line up here. This is all your money you have. Line up, hurry up, hurry up, like this. Like this, no, don't go too much. Stand there, just the way you are sitting. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Five million dollars. Watch this. How many million dollars? Five. Do you remember the scripture that said the silver and the gold is mine? That means that all of us here don't own anything. We are possessors of everything, but still us of nothing. We don't have it. It's mine. So, God actually doesn't need your tithe because the 100% is for him. Watch this. The 100% is for what? God. So let's say I have $5 million. Watch this. This is the tithe. Huh? How much is tithe of $5 million? 500000 Huh? So God said, give me the 500000 of the tithe. Tithe will not take you to hell. It secures your finances on earth. If you don't pay, nobody will charge you, not even God. But let me show you a secret about tithing before I come back to where I deviated. Tithe is not just God demanding from you, but God testing your faithfulness. Let me put it another way. It is God's management system on earth to, to test how you trust him. Thank you for joining us on the Porter's R. We believe you've been blessed with today's message. Join us same time tomorrow for the continuation of this message. To order for this message and other messages by Prophet Nase Pukusakode. And for all inquiries, call these numbers. Plus 233-274-009933 or plus 233-242-472655. Email us on info at portercity.com or visit our website www.portercity.com. Location Plot 16, Mutual Road, Pram Pram, Greater Accra, Ghana. We invite you to worship with us at Potter City, Mutual Pram Pram Road. Weekly service, Tuesdays, intercessory all-night meeting, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Wednesday, teaching service, 5.45 p.m. to 8 p.m. Thursday, breakthrough hour, 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Friday, mega all-night service, 10 p.m. to 4.30 a.m. Sunday morning, empowerment service, 8.20 to 11 a.m. God bless you. This is the bar.